Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Hannah. And together we are single, fat and 40. Let's go. And I'm on the roll. Welcome to another episode. Uh, I'm hanging like a sheet in the wind, Sarah. So am I, but I suspect for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I went out last night uh, <laughs> and I obviously don't drink, but I drank a can of Dr. Pepper energy drink, Oh, which made me feel and behave as if I was in fact on speed. Um and then I ate a slice of birthday cake. It was Mike's birthday. I remember Mike who joined us. Oh, happy birthday, Mike. Yeah, happy birthday, Mike. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had a very long day Friday. I had a very full work day yesterday. I went out yesterday evening. I uh, had work to do this morning. I hosted a cult catch up uh, this morning and I actually fell off my wheelie chair. My <laughs> office chair. I, over, I didn't want people to see that I was wearing sweatpants. Um, because I was only put together from the waist up and so I reached for something and tipped myself out of my chair (laughs) and it's just been going steadily downhill from there to be honest like in my mind I was like sober sober assumption I'll be able to do all of the things and go out late and wake up on Sunday and and do all of the things again and I'm straight up not having a good time and I've drunk about three (laughs) pints of coffee so brace brace how are you I've just got a raging hangover and I woke up 10 minutes ago, which is why I'm <laughs> sounding a little bit Doc Cotton. Rest in peace, Rest Doc Cotton. Rest in peace, love. Rest <laughs> in peace, our Doc. Um, but you say now about a Dr Pepper drink. I I don't know if they still sell it over here, but there was like a Mountain Dew energy drink. Mm. And that had very much had the same effect. Do you, did you ever drink Crunk uh, juice? No, never tried it. I think I think crunk juice was banned in the UK. Um, it was very very popular when I was still drinking in Southampton, and it was like a fortified alcoholic energy drink that made you insane, like completely insane. Like it was American <laughs> and like so full of like banned e numbers. It was like imagine like Buckfast mixed with a Red Bull. <laughs> oh. Ugh. And you, I literally, I, I remember like even going to Vegas and stuff and being like, if I have one can of crunk juice, I'll literally be able to run around all night as if I'm on like a, a exotic cocktail of drugs and alcohol. It was that <laughs> violent. And there's me yesterday. I was like, I had to like pop out and I was like, you know, I'm going to be fighting a losing battle, maintaining my energy. Oh yeah. I love Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper energy drink. Ideal. And I drank it and I literally like, I became maudlin and depressive the way I used to be when I was on cocaine, ironically enough. And but just was just like shouting at everyone and talking absolute shit as well. Like it was so and it, waking up today and like feeling like I'm I have a come down, yeah, like a hangover is like very unnerving. I don't enjoy it at all. No. Where were you? What were you doing? What were you up to? Uh I just went out for drinks with friends. Yeah. Watched a band. It was, oh, were they yeah. good? They were good actually. They were very good. But yeah, it was a very civilized evening. 
Yeah, if, listener, if you hear any gulping and chugging happening in the background, it's because Sarah's got a can of cola on the go, which is your <laughs> breakfast cola at this point, I imagine. <laughs> yes. And I'm on my third <laughs> pint of coffee. I'm not even joking. And I'm not even going to pretend like that slurping is not happening in the background right now. We are collectively a mess. Um, obviously, Sarah, I think the big update that everyone is waiting for here is yeah. Mystery, Mystery Man. Because the last, time, the last time we spoke, you had been out and had a nice evening and we were hoping for a Bridgerton style extension to that encounter where you were going to go for a nice walk and possibly hold hands. Um, we might still go for a walk, but he's, mm-hmm. in his words, is a selfish cunt. Um, wow. And we can only be friends. And I was like, OK, well, I don't really need a selfish cunt in my life. So that's wow. cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow so hang on how did this this conversation come about you were texting each other yeah, we, were, and... we were texting and he um he just said i can only be friends so his no, no, by calling enough. himself a selfish cunt he was like being like yeah. I'm, that's his man when I'm, a, saying, I'm, I'm emotionally mess. unavailable yes and t- to be fair the more you t- i talk to him you're like oh red flag red flag okay red i love flag. it there. i'm gonna i'm gonna take it there I've caught you at a moment where you're overtired and hungover because we did once we stopped recording last week. <laughs> you know, like if you listen yeah. to the episode, it's like this person, and maybe I'm excited, and then you and I were having like a little chat after we we stopped recording, and I and I was like, hmm, because mm. you mentioned a couple of things where for you you were like these this could be red flags for me. So yeah, yeah. So I kind of feel like he did me a favor. But it was not, it was nice for like 24 hours to have like hope that someone liked me and there would be potential. (laughs) Back to the drawing board. Oh, mate. Yeah. Uh, Um, I finished watching Six Feet Under. Yeah. So what are you going to do now with your life? I don't know. Right. To be honest, because I also decided as I finished watching Six Feet Under HBO, I mentioned it last week, everyone, if you haven't ever watched it or I like I said, I can recommend rewatching it because it first came out in like 2001. Um, As the last episode played and I was like crying, like bawling my eyes out because <laughs> you do genuinely get really attached to these characters because the casting and the character and development, and the writing is so good. Um. And I had like a little mini existential crisis, which is very normal for me. And um, I was like, I said out loud to myself, I was like, that was just really good television. Yeah. And it made me realise that there there has been like a little bit of a void or maybe we're just spoiled. Like there's so many good episodical like TV things to binge these days. I think that there's a lot of demand Mm. um, and I don't always think the things that come out are good no because i find because like well, me and you were both quite big true crime fans yeah, huge. i was, I was <clears> just uh, uh can we on that note sorry to interrupt you uh obviously i recorded an episode of a podcast um about like my tarot work oh, yeah and uh i'm big fans of morbid the true crime post podcast hosted by Ash and Elena and absolutely randomly like network interaction, I guess Ash and Elena shared the episode of your magic, the podcast I was on, on morbid. So my name <laughs> is in the show notes on an episode of morbid. 
that's, that's amazing. That's one of my uh, fucking hoorays, <laughs> as Karen and Georgia would say, uh, from my favorite murder. That's a fucking hooray for me this week. Like I'm really. Oh, yeah. That's someone pretty... messaged me and was like, "Oh wow, like morbid have just like dropped your episode of your like, magic." What? I was like, "What?" Because <laughs> I was literally in my apartment cleaning, listening to morbid. Like I was what I was mm. doing before I logged in here. If anyone's looking for a true crime podcast. Um, I can thoroughly recommend Morbid with Ash and Elena. So that was exciting. So yeah, we're big fans of true crime TV. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are. Uh, so there's a lot of demand for like more and more uh, documentaries and stuff like that. And I, I sit and I watch pretty much everything that comes out, but it's not very often you get a really good, mm. good one. And I think that's the same with series. They just chuck everything out and... It's almost like they're not quite as designed to go the distance the way that they would have been 20 yeah. years ago, maybe. You know, it's like when you think about Six Feet Under, there's like five seasons and they're all very cohesive and it doesn't falter for me at any point anyway. Whereas these days you tend yeah. to have like a cracking first season and then around season two or three, you're like, what's going on? And then they take complete liberties with the characters and nothing's believable anymore. And then you just sort of give up and stop watching it. Like it just feels yeah. very disposable and like... Um, first world problems today, isn't it? Really, but absolutely. Just, you know, first world did problems. Did you watch the Jimmy Savile documentary? I did, um, and I do really recommend it for anyone who does like, you know, true crime. Yeah. He's just a thoroughly odd man, and I think it's just very sad watching it, listening to the victims, and you know, to watch a man who was so celebrated, and to know the actual truth about mm. him and just how many people did did sort of know and mm. nothing was done and um outrageous. but yeah that's a really good one outrageous I'm, I'm currently addicted to married at first sight australia okay you're gonna have to i, I i'm <laughs> i've never really even heard of this but the na- the words married at first sight make me think we're in the same Pretty territory much. as that uh <laughs> what's the one where everybody has to sit love in is the boxes blind. love is blind which we decided yeah. wasn't blind at all <laughs> no no so married at first straight um, at first sight australia i have to say the australian one i have mm. chef's kiss they so what's the, they what's the format it. it's literally um you get matched with someone like some professionals match them and they literally meet on their wedding day at the altar and say i do um and then they meet hang on wait, wait yeah, back up, back yeah. Up, hang on yeah yeah so matchmakers talk to people individually <laughs> yeah and then so they put them together at forward. the altar and then they just get married and then have they to get just... married so they go right we think this person, this person, a really good match because this, and they use, I think they use like science and psychology to figure out a good match. Mm. And then it's literally you meet at the altar and it's always that thing of like, when they turn around and see each other the first time, are they going to like each other? Uh, Then they go off and have a honeymoon and they live in like these little apartments and it's like a relationship done really, really quickly, but it gets like loads of drama um well, because really, yeah, is it? because <laughs> then they have like dinner parties with all the other couples so they're then looking at all the other couples going well they're getting on really well we're not like that and they're judging each other and then the experts say do you want to continue the experiment stay or leave and i just i love it this series is but this is proper amazing. marriages as in they're like I think we're led to believe that they are married married but mm. i think 
because I think at the end they decide whether they want to stay together. Okay. And yeah. I think then it becomes a legal marriage. So I think technically they're not. They can like annul it or whatever. Yeah. Or it's just made for TV. The made, made for, TV for TV marriage. It's amazing. Yeah, I just I that's an arranged marriage, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an arranged marriage. Uh, yeah, I guess most people are going to want to say yes because they want to stay on the TV show as well. I mean, that, I think that definitely happened in the last season of Love is Blind. There yeah, was that one well, awful squinting woman that said yes to that bloke, even though she knew she'd messed up and <laughs> picked the wrong guy. But you're like, I kind of want to go on the nice holiday to yeah. well, Bali one or the, wherever it is that they go, you know? <laughs> the things that they do is obviously if they say, what's your decision? And like one of them will say, I decide to stay. And the other one just says, no, I've had enough. I want to leave. But because one of you said stay, you have to stay another week. (gasps) (laughs) And they have to like go and meet their parents. Uh, And, you know, they they give them like. um, I don't even know the right word. Things to do that will um, challenge maybe their relationship, see how they handle it. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah they, they're given things that deliver, create loads of drama. People so it's really cheating. good telly. Yeah, oh, yeah and gosh. all that kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, I'm just loving it. So yeah. would, you, would you do a show like that? Like, given the opportunity, if somebody knocked on the door now and went, Sarah, we're going to do, like, Love is Blind Southampton, where you have to go in a pod or whatever, or, like, you have to get matched with someone uh, by a psychologist and then I say yes or no. The only kind of dating reality show I think I would probably do is first dates mm. that to me I like that show yeah it's because and I'd get to meet embarrass friends. people yeah because as well it's quite although it's quite scary to go on a date that's being filmed you can yeah. just leave at the end of it and yeah so for anybody listening who doesn't know this this is a UK TV show where you've probably got a very similar format in your country I should think yeah um it's basically people just filming a date where people have not met yeah. before and you watch them have dinner and then they decide afterwards or not they want to see each other again yeah. uh, and it's quite nice and it's quite cute it is, but sometimes it's nice sometimes yeah. it's a bit awkward but yeah. yeah I don't really feel like I'd ever want to be filmed on a date I will tell you this now I wouldn't be able to do one of those tv shows where there's like a reveal moment like it yeah. makes me like it, it's testament to like my lack of self-esteem or the, the awareness that I have that I'm not like conventionally attractive, you know? Yeah. And the fact that that like that love is blind moment where they've been talking to each other and they've gotten engaged and then the screen goes up. And I literally I I, I feel bad. In, I would feel bad in anticipation for the other person the moment the screen went up <laughs> and they were like, fuck it out. <laughs> Well, I'd, yeah, you know? I'd, I'd have that as well, like to turn up at a restaurant or like you say, some kind of screen going back and then there's me going, all right. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I even on off, even God. on dating apps where people have seen pictures yeah. and have matched with you and you've talked to them, I still have that. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but that moment of I'm going to go on a date and they're going to be like, oh, oh, no, like she's massive. Yeah, she, you know, like I didn't, you know, the amount of times people say to me, like, I thought you were much, from your Instagram, you were much smaller. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, like, oh. <laughs> wow, thanks. Um, yeah, like it makes me, it gives me like a full body ick. We've talked about that too, like the idea of <laughs> connecting with someone and then facing a moment where 
you feel that they could be disappointed or let down on in the, yeah. the way that you look. So I, I feel really hurtful. very disillusioned by the whole dating game. I think you've said it before in one of our episodes where everyone's so fucking damaged and broken. <laughs> something i'd say (laughs) yeah but like you know and i think that's so true for dating particularly i would say 35 upwards yeah but it's the fact that like they know they're damaged and broken but don't want to do anything about it yeah it's like buy a fucking self-help book jesus just go to therapy go to therapy go to therapy stop taking it out on your tinder matches for the love of god Uh, it's Um, so yeah like getting reeled in and it's like oh but i'm actually like i'm selfish cunt like oh cool well i'm i'm supposed to go on a date (laughs) i'm supposed to go on a date tonight Ooh. (laughs) yeah where you go no i mean look at my face obviously listening you can't see my face right now but there's not one glimmer of enthusiasm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so basically do you remember kinder man kinder guy kinder guy the kinder guy the guy that sent me a box of kinder chocolate to the house yeah he's also the guy that i flew to the uk to go to a wedding with him and then he ghosted me yes yeah it's a complicated story but um <laughs> he's in berlin he's in berlin right now okay and originally it was like yeah when i'm in berlin i'll take you out on a date and i was like okay awesome I'm ready for someone to take me on a date it's fine uh, and we were supposed to go on a date yesterday and then he got tickets for the football oh which was fine because it was my friend mike's birthday and that's where i needed to be at my friend's birthday and he was going to come mm. there after the footy um but i said look why don't we just do something tomorrow because i'm here with all my friends and it might yeah. be a bit awkward and you're a bit tired and um so we're supposed to hang out tonight i think we're supposed to go for dinner and have some drinks but i i don't really want to go anywhere right now mm. because i'm melting but maybe, you know, have a bit of uh, downtime. Maybe have a nap, a shower. You might yeah, feel a bit more um, fresh. I've got things I need to do. You're like, there's no time for that. <laughs> there's no time for that, no. Uh, I made the rookie error of assuming that I could just go out and because I don't drink, I would be fine. But these days, yeah. like 36, <laughs> mate, if I, don't, if I don't get minimum seven hours sleep, I just literally fail to function as a human being. Um, and like I said, I've already hosted, I've already been in like, online working today and falling out, out of my chair and other geriatric <laughs> activities. So <laughs> okay. she's a mess. She's an absolute mess. Have you got anything coming up? Like, is there anything on the horizon for you that you're like energized um, and positive for? No, not at all. I'm very much the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't really got anything. And I think that's what I, I need some excitement. I need. Yeah. I need something to get like excited for. Mm. You got any time off planned? I actually have. I've, I've got work tomorrow and then I'm off for a week. Oh, that's nice. Which I think I'm in need of. Obviously, I have to parent mm. and keep an 11 year old amused. Mm but oh yes yeah, so easter easter, easter, holidays. easter holidays um and easter is my favorite time of year because it's when all the best chocolates out so. yeah yeah i've I heard bet. i've heard rumors there's a terry's chocolate orange easter egg this year yes i've seen it fuck <laughs> mate <laughs> uh i am i'm gonna be in the uk but not until the end of the month uh 29th so i'm you hoping need that- to get like your mum to buy one and keep it by for you 
I might actually have to do that. I might yeah. have to call her today. Because after that weekend, like, everything just goes. It's out for, yeah. for ages in the run-up and it's amazing. Yeah. And then it's, it's just like, gone. It's cream eggs as well. You've got to optimise the only yeah. time of the year you can I don't like cream eggs. cream eggs. I mean, they're like disgusting. Them. They're absolutely disgusting. They are just <laughs> like diabetes in a in a chocolate shell, like fondant, yellow <laughs> and white fondant. Um, right. Well, look. Here's the thing with these with these episodes, uh, we always try to have like a little bit of a theme for our conversations, um, and we do have a chat about that in advance. But something that really came up for me. Uh, that I kind of wanted to have an opportunity to talk about, as I mentioned last week, is street harassment. Yeah. And why it is that people, and I'm saying people, but I mean men. Really? Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to dance around it. Trash men. Why do trash men feel the need or feel like they are entitled to say whatever the fuck they want to you when you are out there in the world, minding your own bleeding business, you know? Yeah. I, I know that why they do it. This is a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> but some of what I have dealt with and the time that I have lived in Berlin um, is still really unfathomable and upsetting to me. And I'm getting yeah. to a point now, I mean, I'd say it's probably part of the reason I don't really want to be in a city anymore is I find it impossible to go anywhere, like take a train anywhere or move through like busy spaces without feeling like I'm subjected to like what I would call micro aggression from people. I think people in general are a little bit more tense in this COVID world now, but like the way that men will eyeball you, like they're not giving you the eye. They're looking at you like they want to murder you where you're standing. Like they are, yeah. they, they're wondering how you have the audacity to exist and they're staring at you. Like they'll look at you to make you avert your eyes and look down. Like it's a control thing. It's all a control thing. That's what we're going to talk about. But, um, you know, like I've been spat at. Oh, that's disgusting. I've literally been spat at more on more than one occasion. It's usually in the U-Bahn, like the subway stations here. Um, I've, like I said, I've had people uh feel it's appropriate to put their hands on me i had a guy put his beer bottle up the back of my skirt and literally splash beer all up in between my legs once Mm. um i've taken my revenge on more than one occasion (laughs) where i feel like you are you deal with it and you deal with it and you deal with it and then you get to a point where that one person is gonna uh, yeah, it's gonna get it, and I have, <laughs> I have got, I have gotten hold of a guy by the scruff of the neck and just punched him in the face several uh, times. Deserved, I think, because I, I did a train journey where I dealt with a lot of people kissing their teeth at me or giving me that horrible death stare yeah. or deliberately moving into my personal space. And as I got out of this one station, already like in fight or flight mode, you know, it's scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, this guy like slapped my ass like just grabbed my ass and so I turned around and just got hold of him just kept punching him in the face um (laughs) which I wouldn't I don't take it back and I wouldn't do it differently if I had the opportunity (laughs) Uh, the the things I would do differently is the times when I've responded to intimidation and it's escalated violently and I've been with a guy right yeah because they will maybe not realize you're with a guy because when you're with a guy they don't do it because they think that you're subservient to a man so it's fine um 
and I've had I've been like you know what the fuck did you say fine you know fight me I'll be like fight me yeah. then you know <laughs> uh, and then but they will they'll then redirect and take it out on the person yeah. you're with and, and yeah. that's something I sort of regret is there's a couple of my guy friends or even old partners where I've said, you know, I'm not having this and have like thrown a drink over someone or like, you know, and then when it (laughs) kicks off, they won't hit you because they're being like, you know, so uh, I'll harass you in the street and say horrible things about your physical (laughs) appearance or try and grope (laughs) you. But in the event that you actually square off of me, I wouldn't hit you, you know, like make it, make it make sense. Have you dealt with this sort of stuff? Uh, Yeah, I have. Um, I, mine tends to be more men who are just very angered by the fact that I'm fat <laughs> uh so the amount of times I've been called a fat ugly ginger cunt by random okay. people by strangers strangers um the last time it happened was actually last year I was just stood at the bus stop waiting for um, a bus and it was at night and a, t- a guy in a car just went you're your fucking whale wow um uh and I was just like wow um and obviously I I, I just ignored it I laughed it off but like after years of dealing with people feeling the need to do that I'm yeah. in a place where I can let it go, but it's it's not nice. It's not necessary. No, it's not. Um, and it's and I've it's had assault. a really nice night. It's a verbal. <laughs> I, I it's a verbal yeah. assault. And like I, you know, I I don't know you. I'm just here waiting for my bus. I've had a very nice evening, and it's like you're trying to bring it down, or that your opinion matters so fucking much because you're a man that mm. I should be embarrassed and ashamed of how I look. And I'm like, no. No, no I, I try to walk a path of like love, compassion, and tolerance. And I try to yeah. frame things in like, wow, how empty and devoid of any love must that person's life be that they yeah. feel entitled to? But I don't, do you know what? Sometimes I would just set that car on fire with that person still inside it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm fed up of making deserved. excuses for them. I'm fed yeah. up of making excuses for the fact that it is just straight up not okay to ever speak to anyone in that way. Yeah. And if you are the kind of person who feels the need to wind their window down and say some derogatory, horrible, hurtful, when you know you're going to hurt someone, yeah. you're going out of your way to hurt a stranger, to inflict pain upon a stranger. I'll set your motherfucking car on fire. I don't care. <laughs> I'm done. I'm like, I, all of this, I, I just, I think that, and this is the thing, it's where I get really kind of like vigilante about it. I'm like street, yeah. just, street justice, motherfucker, you know, like um, there was a group in New York city. There was a group of women who banded together. We and got together with baseball bats and used to just ride the subway being like, <laughs> you know, talk to like, me now, motherfucker, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I've had similar ideas here i even like contacted uh the company that run the subway to talk to them about it being such a massive issue and why it is they weren't doing anything yeah. it was on like twitter and their tweet even in response was like well we don't really think that it's a problem and you can oh. always call the, you can always call the police and you're yeah. like wow cool um because then it opened up like a whole uh conversation and thread of numerous people being like oh it, yeah. it, it is a problem this is what i've had i've had people wanking 
you know, like in front of me. I've had people staring at me. I've had people spitting on me. I've had people touching yeah. me. I've had people like, and the fact that you don't even want to acknowledge that this is happening or as an issue as part of the issue, you know, but um, it, I do get, to, and this is what I talk about, like the rage that I experience where every now and again, I will just turn around and I will just fucking like, I get like red mist because I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't, it hurts so much that I don't want to be a part of a humanity where certain individuals, we know people do much worse, but like, yeah, it's fuck you. Fuck, just fuck you. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, whenever I think of like catcalling or uh, like street harassment, it, it, it used to be very acceptable because I always think about the builders whistling at the women walking down the street and I think for a lot of for a long time that kind of thing was seen as well it's a compliment um and it's like women then said yeah but it makes us uncomfortable um but then uh, you know like you said then you have the other end where it's just men being aggressive yeah and it's like well you wouldn't expect a woman to tolerate that no no and they do Um, and this is this is the thing it's like uh when you get lads being like oh yeah, darling yeah, yeah. nice tits go you're well fit you know this sort of yeah. thing and and they can't see the harm in it and you're like that's because you're not taking into consideration the fact that you kill us yeah <laughs> you know that we get yeah. attacked assaulted uh and murdered therefore yeah. it's not that funny <laughs> it's yeah and funny. you know you you know as you might think oh what I'm doing is very harmless and it's just a bit of banter mm. and it's just because I think you're attractive that like you say you go all right yeah you're fit or whatever but for a lot of women that is just the start because men get really angry if you then don't respond in the exactly. way they want exactly um yeah. so for women just hearing someone say something like that you just think oh god where's this going yeah, I am um, um, talking about six feet under. Obviously, this TV show opens every episode opens with a death and it becomes the person that's being taken care of in the yeah. family funeral home that episode. Um, and there is an episode that opens with the death of a young woman. So you watch her leave a club and she's walking yeah. on the road alone. And then you get these lads following her going, all right, sweetheart, like, oh, where are you going? Like, oh, you look yeah. good. And she starts to quicken her pace. And she begins to run and they start running after her and she runs out yeah. in the road. She runs out in the road and gets hit by a car. And the 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 twist in the story is, is that it's her friends. It's three of her uh-huh. guy friends who'd also left the venue and it was just a bit of fun. And they can't, they could not understand why she ran out into the road. Yeah. And, they, and the, it becomes like the part of the story is because men can't understand why when faced with that behavior. Yeah. Run because they don't understand the escalation. They don't understand the consequences. They haven't listened to endless true crime episodes about all of the horrific things that happened to us all around the world, every single fucking day. Um, And these poor guys are there at this funeral being like, we, you know, oh, and someone sarcastically sort of says, oh, imagine a woman being so frightened for her life and being pursued and catcalled by three dudes, you know, that that this can happen, you know, like that to them, they're baffled. And every single woman is like, what, what, how could you ever expect anything different? Like, this is our reality. Yeah. It's like, you know, so sad. And I think about all the, oppo- like, times when I've probably been in danger. Yeah. And how actually coming to terms with that, especially as you get older, is like, it, it is genuinely upsetting. Like, I used to live in an apartment 
on the park and I used to walk my dogs through the park in the morning and there was always guys hanging around and they'd like shout stuff at you and like you you know to keep your mouth shut and put your head down yeah because that's what it's about it's about controlling you and making sure that you are submissive to their control in the moment and so the minute you go you fucking what and you try to like assert yourself you are it is it's dangerous it's dangerous I've done it on numerous occasions but it isn't cool it's dangerous um and this I was out one evening walking down the road and I was aware that someone was following me I knew this guy was following me and I was like weird but it happens you know like I live in a big city and pretty street smart so I went into a shop to like buy something to like make sure that he stopped following me and I came yeah. out of the shop and he was waiting for me outside the shop. So I mm. literally turned around and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, well, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you. Just wanted to talk to you. I went, go to a bar and offer to buy someone a drink. You don't follow people down the street. No. It's really frightening. Like you're frightening me. This is absolutely not appropriate. He got right up in my face, looked me straight in the eye and he went, I know you, you walk your two dogs through the park every morning. Oh, and then just turned, ar- turned around and walked away laughing. That's like, just awful. It's, it's unsettling. And... It's, it's fucking beyond unsettling. Yeah. Like what is going through your mind? Like, dude, come on. I've had it before as well with like someone like aggressively getting in my space and me being, trying to take the tact of like, dude, this is not how you approach women you're being really aggressive and scary. And he literally said, yeah, but I'm a man and you're a woman. So you have to put up with it. Oh God. <laughs> you're like, I think the fuck not. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, exactly. I think the fuck not. But I mean, like I said, the, the, the really striking thing for me is when you tell like guy friends of what you deal with and what you experience, and then you'll yeah. be out with them and it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen because they see yeah. you as a dude. So it's like, you're no longer a fucking fair game. Um, and I think the most hurtful thing for me has been when I've been with partners and that has happened. And I'll never forgive my ex for this. Like one of my exes, this was the beer bottle up the skirt thing. Like yeah. on a train, Friday night, you know, going out, gets pretty lively, obviously, here in the city. And these guys are like, uh, you know, looking at me, like staring at me. And that way that makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like not, I'm going to give you an appreciative look or a wink or a, you know, but like I'm staring at you like you're a fucking piece of meat and I could harm you or do what I wanted to if I, if I wanted to. And, um, like, as I was getting off the train, this guy, I like deliberately like got all up in my space and like brushed past me. So I was like, what is your problem? Like, what is your problem? You're being a fucking loser sort of thing. Like had, had words. Yeah. And like I said, as I walked off, he got his beer bottle, put it right up the back of my skirt and just like, put all this beer up my skirt yeah. and uh, I'm obviously like super upset and had yelled at him and it had all like kicked off whatever but as I walked off my boyfriend who I was with at the time literally gave me I shit you not literally used that line I don't know what you expect when you leave the house dressed like that oh god no yeah I've never been so hurt yeah so disappointed and what is really concerning is I was so ashamed yeah I felt so ashamed because some part of it like I completely knew that I no one is ever ever 
asking for it. Whatever it is, no. I, whatever I can, I should be able to ride the fucking U-Bahn stuck fucking naked and you don't have the right to look at me, talk to me or put fucking hands on me in that way, right? But yeah. for someone I was in a relationship with to turn around and go, I don't know why you have to be like this. And I was like, what do you mean be like this? What do you mean? What what exactly did I do? And I was like, this. Do, did you see the way that guy was looking yeah. at me? What do you expect when you're dressed like that? And I literally like, I'm not even going to say I will like, or I was only wearing this or blah, blah, blah. Because it doesn't no. matter. No. It doesn't matter. I could have been dressed like Princess fucking Leia from that incredibly sexy episode of Star Wars, right? <laughs> it doesn't make a fucking difference. But for someone that I was with and that was supposed to care about me. Yeah. And I should have had ruined, your back. It ruined my entire night. And I've never gotten over being so disappointed that someone would turn around and retaliate by blaming me and saying it was my fault yeah. because of the way I was dressed. Oh, that's awful. Fucking hell. Ugh. Uh, why do you think, why do you think they do it? Why do you think men in public spaces feel the need to act aggressively, whether it be the way they look at you, talk to you, or, you know, worst case scenario, put fucking hands on you? Like, uh, what is that about? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think, are we going into patriarchy? Take a um, shot, everyone. Line them up. <laughs> Here we go. Patriarchy. Um, and just a sense of entitlement. Um, of mm. if I give you my attention and you know it doesn't matter that I'm doing it in a way that is rude you owe me your your attention and when you don't give it to them they get pissed I just think it's it's entitlement I think it probably comes from a long line of like kind of what I said earlier where you have you know men whistling at women in the streets and it's oh it's harmless it's harmless and mm. just not being willing to listen to women when they go actually it isn't yeah um and just yeah just entitlement entitlement I think is an amazing word and I was actually just thinking you know when we talk about toxic max masculinity <laughs> yeah isn't it all toxic? <laughs> oh, I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> Aren't all gender binaries, which place expectations uh, on people in terms of the way that they should and should not behave, just really fucking toxic? Like, yeah. Is there a positive masculinity? Like, what's positive <laughs> masculinity? Yeah, that's a good. I think that's a great point. Like, you know, we talk about, like you say, toxic masculinity. Show me positive masculinity. And if there's toxic masculinity, doesn't mean that there's there's toxic femininity. Yeah. I mean, it's really toxic when we are pushed into being overtly feminine and only caring about our eyelashes <laughs> and how softly spoken we yeah. are. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I just, um, I think, I think the hard thing to come to terms with for me is that fear is acknowledging the fact that quite often when I am out, I don't feel safe. Yeah. And I was very bulletproof in my 20s because I drank a lot. <laughs> yeah. And we're quite naive. We do, like, even though my mum and dad were both coppers and always used to say, never walk, take a taxi. If you yeah. need money to make sure you take a taxi home, you tell us and we'll give it to you, you know, like, I never yeah. fucking did. I was about, I can't even, I've lost count the amount of time 
as I stumbled home at fucking 3 a.m. by myself. And this is what I'm talking about. Like the amount of situations um, where thank God it didn't, it wasn't worse than what it was. Um, but I still, at this point in my life, have a hard time coming to terms with the fact that I can't just walk through the world without feeling afraid. Yeah. Of that one person on the train platform who goes from smirking at you to spitting in your face to pushing you, like where on the fucking train tracks or following yeah. you home with a knife or, and I, and, and it sounds dramatic, but it isn't. No. And I it think isn't. this is it. Um, I think men need to understand just or listen to women mm. when they're, when they're talking about things like this. Like you say, there's like, oh, you're being dramatic, or it's just a one-off. It's like, well, it's not. And I don't like feeling like, you know, a man whistling at me, then, like you say, escalates yep. into I'm being pushed or shoved. And I think men need to listen to women and, and realize so that if your mate sort of does that kind of thing, go, you know what, it's maybe not cool. If you'll find that woman attractive, maybe you should just go and talk to her politely and not you know um shout stuff at them <laughs> yeah exactly I was just I just picked up my phone uh because I was having it I wanted to have a look because I know that some countries have like actually really stringent laws in place when it comes to yeah. harassment um and I do know that in the UK for example harassment is a criminal offense and has been since 1997 um so they can someone can be prosecuted if they harass you but again it it's down to what people uh like legally would constitute harassment as yeah okay, you know it's yeah. very it's very unlikely i think that if you stopped on the corner and called the police and said this guy is just you know walked up to me and said this disgusting thing that yeah. they would give a flying fuck to be honest they'd be like yes yeah um there's also isn't it sad when you google street harassment you get all sorts of articles on what's the key to stopping street harassment uh how about don't do it yeah <laughs> you know because yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's all like respond in a safe way calmly and firmly yeah. let them know that these actions are and i'm like could just tell them not to fucking do it <laughs> yeah yeah no it, you know um and it has always been down to the women to yeah. do everything they can and yet yeah. women still get sadly attacked uh so yeah. you're right i think it's about teaching men from a young age about just being like not being a dick like you know yeah, consent why you appropriate behavior towards just everyone um and just teach them young that it's not okay to do that. Do you think they're insecure? Do you think it really is? You know, when we talk about yeah. toxic masculinity, what we really mean is fragile male ego. Yeah. Right? That that you are insecure enough that you pull in like that guy shouting at you. Did he does he do that to make himself feel like a big man? Like what's the what's the payoff there? Uh I I think yeah, it has to be, it has to be a sense of power or you know, uh an insecurity of their own and and that's kind of one of the ways that I have to look at it it is like you said earlier like if you're the sort of person who feels the need to yell out of your car 
or yell in someone's face in the street that they're mm. fat or whatever mm. probably says a whole lot more about you than it does about me um but yeah I just think like men just like to f- swing their dick about in any way they can yeah and yeah. as you know I, you know I'm a fat woman so therefore I'm viewed as less than mm. Um, so the harassment would go either way. I'm fat, so I get called, and I, you know, I get made to feel like I don't deserve to be out. Yeah. But if I was thin and beautiful and very much filled the the beauty ideal, I'd be getting harassed because I'm fit. Show me your tits. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's going to happen either way. One of the things that I uh, often reflect on or have reflected on as I've kind of gotten older is one of the things I used to struggle with in my 20s was people used to deliberately misgender me in order to be offensive. Yeah. People do it all the time. Uh, like I said, I had somebody pull a car over, uh, wind the window down and go, excuse me, love, are you a bird or a bloke? I've literally <sighs> had people have conversations in my immediate vicinity where they're discussing the fact they can't figure out whether or not I'm a man. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing. I can genuinely say that these days I really just don't give a flying fuck because I've gotten far more comfortable uh, as I've gotten older. I think we just, I just think we develop a much thicker skin, but 20 something Hannah used to go home and cry herself to sleep. And I love, I I hate that for her. Um, And I hate that for anyone who's listening that experiences the kind of things. But what I've had an opportunity to think about is what people in the LGBTQA plus community and trans people must deal with, you know, because what we're talking about here is safety. We're talking yeah. about the the way we move through the world and how safe we feel, which we have no control over based on other people's response to us based on various factors that our physical appearance, our gender presentation, you know, like whatever it may be. Um, I just want to. I just I just think that trans people are fucking amazing yeah I just think people who are fully prepared to have to deal with all of that fucking shit uh (laughs) but I like yeah but I'm gonna be who I am and I'm gonna embrace that yeah and is is I just because I'm like my god I found it so hurtful to be misgendered uh and I can't imagine how difficult it must be for people um dealing with that especially when people are being like deliberately uh antagonistic or deliberately yeah. horrible and some of the fucking terrible things that people say you know oh why can't everyone just be a little bit kinder and a little bit nicer yeah, to each other that would, that would be nice maybe we should that should be a thing for all of us this week you me and our listeners is no matter how down in the dumps we get or how difficult things may be, or how much many terrible things must be happening in the world that we still just try to move with as much kindness as yeah. we can. And like I said, I ain't blowing kisses. At... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is not this is not like a John and Yoko fucking peace love moment for me because I'm not there. I'm too hurt and I'm too angry. Like, that's it. Like, I I know that the only way to like really transcend or move away from other people and their behavior is to just have compassion towards them and to forgive them but i'm not there 
No. I'm not, I'm not there. I don't, I don't forgive people who said things that ruined my night and had me at home crying myself to sleep or contributed to a lack of self-esteem that led to all sorts of other fucking bullshit behavioral issues that I've had to work through and I'm still working on, you know, like fuck all those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish them everything I would wish for myself. I hope, I hope they get royally fucked up uh, in a way that makes them take a long, hard look at themselves uh and i hope that they develop a little bit of love compassion and understanding because yeah. i don't think i don't think it's my work to do anymore do you know what i mean it's like yeah. i think i've done all the work that i can and as much as i get that the only release is through forgiveness i i feel like the work is with them the responsibility is with them now yeah. they're the people that have to work harder at being more compassionate yeah if you're the sort of person who goes out and feels the need to say things to people just this week just try keeping it to yourself yeah. see how that goes let's all just try <laughs> let's just all try being being nice <laughs> as nice as we can to each other um I don't know what the answer is though I'm like is it is it we need have you ever noticed right men have cis straight men tend to have a real problem listening to women right if a, if a yeah. woman stood up and went right guys we need you to do better we know it's not your fault right but we do need you to do better. So here's some things that I really want you to take into account. Yeah. Um, men don't listen, right? As soon as you get one guy that's sort of won in the woke Olympics, right? Stand yeah. up and pedestal himself. And he goes, right, men, we've got to uh, got to start listening to these uh, women, right? They're all like, this guy's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah. We should listen, we should I, listen I to do. this guy. I it, think and it's that like, is the way. I'm glad those men are there. Like I am glad yeah. they're there, but I'm like, for fuck's sake, we've yeah. been telling you this for like, how, what does it take? We've seen it with mental health. If a sports star comes up and shares his experience of actually, <sighs> there was a time when I was really depressed and I wanted to kill myself. Um, you know, men respond to that because it's someone they may be idolized. So maybe we mm. need, as sad as it is, because we they should listen to women. We need boxers and football players and you know actors to talk about. You know what? It's not cool to, yeah. you know, touch someone when they haven't asked for it, um, or to say things on the street. And maybe men would start going, "Oh yeah, he's maybe he's got a point." Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, can we form a large group and walk around with baseball bats and just break yes. down raining fury on anyone <laughs> that even dares? Yes. I uh so my suggestion when I contacted the company that runs the trains here and was like uh really sick of getting fucking harassed. And I feel like there's got to be some responsibility with the transport companies and the fact that it's just not safe to take public transport around on your own at night. Um and they they were like they didn't go fair point. Don't really know what we could do. Let us know if you think of something, you know, they, like I said, they minimized yeah. it, victim blamed and suggested calling the cops. Um, I was, I, I toyed with the idea of organizing a self-defense class on the yeah. platform of one of the major stations here and creating oh, wow. like a little moment around it, getting someone to teach a class and inviting like 30, 50 women all to stand there, uh, yeah. learning how to, kick someone really fucking hard and effectively <laughs> and create like a bit of a press press around it and like this is why we're doing this and because i it i just love for there to be equity in the fact that men seem to have this unwritten understanding with each other that if you gob off at them they're allowed to punch you in the face yeah right it's there isn't it it's like they're like right mate 
I've, I've had enough. You, me, outside now, right? Let's settle this. I'd just love to get to a point where women felt empowered enough that they could go, yeah, I'm just going to fucking knee you straight in the nutsack, pal. <laughs> you know, if, if yeah. you speak to me like that, I'm going to I'm gonna just smack you straight in the face. But the problem is, like you said, it's about safety and it's about retaliation. And it's about the fact that because yeah. it is about control, the minute that you do fucking make eye contact back or the minute you do retaliate, they feel like they've been given carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. You know, it's really frightening. It is. It's really frightening. Um, I just want to take this opportunity to say to anyone, um, if you have experienced this kind of behavior, and I'm going to, I'm going to say now that if you are a woman listening to this podcast uh, or someone who identifies as a woman, you will have experienced this behavior. How sad is that? I don't even yeah. have to sit here and say, if you have ever, I know you have. There is not going to be one person listening that has not been able to relate to what we've said. How fucking upsetting is that? How sad is that? It, it is shocking. Did you just tuck Coca-Cola all over your face? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so if you've been listening to this and you found it, that you've been activated by it, upset by it, the point I want to make is that you are not alone. It happens all the time and it fucking shouldn't. I don't know what we're supposed to do about it, but... Um, please make sure that you're always doing what you can as much as we should not have to. And we know that to make sure that you're staying safe when you, you know, when you go out and about, uh, what people know where you are, if you do deal yeah. with this kind of harassment, you know, go and find someone, talk to them, get some help. Um, I, I like I said, I've learned from bitter experience. I've tried to be a bit of a fucking hero at times and I've escalated situations and it's got really dangerous. So I also carried mace around for quite a long period of time until yeah. it burst in my bag. Oh, mm, yeah, that was not a good time. I had mace. Did you mace yourself? I maced myself. Yes, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I had mace in my bag, um, which I think is fair enough. You, I've also had one of those gougers, like one of those key rings. Yeah. It looks like a cat face, but if you put your fingers through it, the ears oh, are yeah. like prongs. But you need to be careful what you carry in terms of what's yes. legal. If you get arrested or anything and you're carrying anything like that, they can try and charge you with possession of a weapon. Um, so be careful. Uh, but I had mace because I was like the next motherfucker. I'm just going to mace them straight in the fucking face because that's what I get. Like, I'm so angry because I'm so frightened. Um, yeah. And I went out to do karaoke. And I had Lush product in my bag as well. That I think it's the worst thing. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden, everything was very pit bitter and my eyes were running and I couldn't <laughs> figure out why. <laughs> yeah. And it, it basically, it was all over everything, all over my wallet, oh, no. my phone, the inside of the bag. I had to throw the products away. Um, I had to come home and like try and shower and get it off of me. Um, so yeah, if you carry mace, don't have it explode in your bag in the midst of a really raucous karaoke session. <laughs> um, and don't like, don't try. I think there's something you're supposed to do, but don't just try and wash it off because the more water gets in it, the more it spreads, and the worse it is. It does it? Oh my god! Imagine me like in the toilet of a karaoke club trying to mop up <laughs> mace from my fucking handbag. A classic, a classic Hannah moment. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't think we really got to the bottom there too much of why it happens or what it is we're supposed no. to do about it, like most things in life. But I definitely feel uh, <laughs> feel better for being, able to, for being able to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the thing I find really upsetting is I'm under no illusion that men 
talk to me the way they they do because they find me attractive yeah it's because I am tall and I am confident and they feel the need to assert dominance over me and I it's like I've got a target painted on my fucking back because they don't like to see women walk through the world the way that I do and so they go out of their way to try and knock me down a peg or two and it is really really hurtful and I'm a fucking sick to the back teeth of it so yeah um if I get arrested having stabbed someone <laughs> in the face neck and chest uh, probably in an, a subway station as I said in an Uban station you'll know that their their last words to me were probably disgusting uh and they fucking <laughs> had it coming so he had it coming he, he had, had it coming. coming. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be me and my little Liza Minnelli wig on. <laughs> doing the jail cell, jail cell fucking song. Um, but yeah, right? You fucking had it coming. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Anyway, <laughs> uh, another cheerful episode. Another. Another, another, cheerful another uplifting episode. Uh, gem. Uh, <laughs> I was I was gonna go again. What can we talk about? This happy and exciting just to wrap it up today. But then I was like, I'm going for a roast just... dinner. Are That's you? Exciting. Yeah. Oh, you mate. Oh my god. Isn't it like two o'clock there already though? Yeah. You haven't missed the roast, have you? Oh no, it's three well, no, we're having there, it. Mate. We're having it later. So oh, yeah. you're having roast roasting. You're not going to like a harvester yeah. or something. No, no, a no. Mum's homemade roast. Oh, mate. Okay, like top five favorite things about English culture. What little of it there is these days, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, I'm English. I'm allowed to say that. Uh, roast dinners, Sunday yeah. roasts, like that classic Sunday family roast. round the table, meat, vegetables, like roasts. You can have yeah. a, you can have a nut roast for the vegans, you know. Um, a roast dinner. What else are we really good at? What's a positive moment? Greg's. <laughs> sausage rolls and pasties Greg's. Greg, Greg's is a high street baker's that puts things in the microwave and is amazing chocolate our chocolate's good Cadbury's chocolate I'm gonna say that actually because I, I think I've said this before I live in the land of like lint yeah. Lindor you know like I met German Swiss kind of chocolate is obviously absolutely fucking some of the best in the world but you cannot beat Cadbury's mate <laughs> no. You cannot beat Cadbury's dairy milk and the land of the Terry's chocolate orange as well. Come on, let's face it. Um, there's one thing I will say uh, positively about British culture: humour. Yeah, I do really love the British sense of humour. It's very dry and it's very self-deprecating, and our comics are fucking hilarious. Yeah, we do do funny and like the kind of quiz shows you get in the UK, where it's kind yes. of part quiz show, part comedy. Uh, and they, you know, things like Quiz of the Week or Have I Got News for You, like satire. We're very good at satire, I think. Yeah. So roast dinners, Greg's, <laughs> <laughs> Capri's chocolate, uh, fight, uh, self-deprecating humour to cope with trauma yeah. and terrible circumstances. Um, and um, are we, I, I think we've got pretty good countryside, like beaches yeah. and woods and yes. stuff. I suppose. Yeah. Um, all of this obviously hugely eclipsed by Boris Johnson being such a wank stain and the Tory yeah. party just being a bunch of Disney villains uh, at the moment. It's it, it's that bad that it's like Disney <laughs> villain level. Yeah. Um, well, I was trying to end on a positive note there. The sun is out here in Berlin. 
It's hit out here as well. It's a bit cold, yeah. but it, it, the sun is shining. I was just like, some part of me was like, oh, imagine if you uh, went outside for a nice walk. And then I was like, don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get harassed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It, like, there, there are times where I'm just like, I don't really want to leave the house. And I do take taxis everywhere a whole lot more than I used to. Yeah. You know, because it's just like, I could take the train. But is it worth it? But yeah, you know, is it worth the the, the next few hours of therapy that I'm going to need to do <laughs> to unpack <laughs> why it was I got so hurt and so offended by some absolute random whose opinion shouldn't mean anything to me? Yeah, you know, they should be. You know, when you get like uh, driving offences, you know, like if you drive and yeah. you get your license taken off you like you have to go back get to traffic taken school off. yeah you get points yeah. on your license don't you like maybe we ought to have a license for piloting like a flesh canister like for being a, a human moving <laughs> in the world you have to be licensed right and every time you like harass someone on the street or you drop litter or you kick a dog or like you get points and then your yeah. license is revoked and you get like bracelet like ankle braceleted and you have to just stay in your fucking house <laughs> like forced quarantine for people who've shown time and time again that they, they aren't able to, to socialize <laughs> they can't control themselves so they're not allowed out yeah yeah exactly yeah you know yeah sorry sir we actually have got it recorded here in the cloud um <laughs> that you have made derogatory comments to three women for absolutely no reason at all so you will not be attending any football matches you will not be allowed to enter any drinking establishments and will be confined to your house to watch educational videos videos about what is and is not appropriate behavior for the next three months. I think they pack it in then. Oh, yeah. I think they Take away their then. season ticket. Oh, my God. Imagine oh. that. Imagine football clubs. Imagine if football clubs got to a point where if you have a domestic assault charge filed yeah. against you if you have a street harassment charge against you if you have any kind of uh anti-social behavior or violence you are not allowed to purchase a fucking ticket we could do it with gigs mm. we could do it with concerts we could do it with all sorts of stuff yeah you know so until yeah. we until we see like uh marks change in your behavior until you have written a letter <laughs> of a, a of formal apology, apology and done like a million hours of community service, picking up dog shit and like looking after elderly people, bringing them meals on wheels and stuff. You have to earn, <laughs> you have to earn your place back. Oh, I'm doing that thing again where I'm like, if I ran the world, everything would be amazing. <laughs> which is usually definitely a sign that I need a nap, like a little lie down and to take some time <laughs> off. I'm just overtired now and over caffeinated. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is that part of, the issue is that there aren't any consequences yes there aren't any consequences uh, a man can drive around and shout at you and yeah. be deliberately hurtful and there really isn't any comment com- no. and they just go on with their day and they don't think about like you say the consequence do you think that do you think any of them ever lay in bed at night and have a little moment a little twinge of shame where they go that's a really horrible thing that you did no, because I no, think I their heads either. are filled with. <laughs> I, I I really do think their heads are just filled filled with acorns at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not their heads, mate. I'm going there. There's nothing. There's no thinking going on there. Anyway, just a bit a uh, bit more misandry for you from single fat body. <laughs> this week, right? Well, we'll we'll wrap it up. 
yeah um what i would say to our lovely audience at this point is if there is a specific topic yes that you would like us to explore we won't do any research or have any no. real basis or foundation uh for the episode there's no fear we'll of that, talk but about it we'll talk about <laughs> it yeah um you know if there's if there's something specific where you're like i'd be interested to kind of hear uh, hannah and sarah's take on that or their experience with that please do feel free to let us know you can follow us on instagram of course it's s-i-n-g-l-e f-a-t-4-0 uh, and we have an email address as well, don't we, Sarah? We do, yeah. Uh, singlefat40 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye-bye.